The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their top-rated sportsbook app and use the promo code RTRS when you sign up. And brought to you by Touchstone Electric Fireplaces. Get 15% off your order by going to zerodeadbirds.com and using promo code TTP. Uh, LL Pavorsky Jewelers for Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. By Nature Pet Foods, official pet food of the Ricky, slow cooked with super fusion. Go to chewy.com chewy.com and use code rtrs20 for 20 percent off your first order and our friends at kinetic skateboarding get 9.1 percent off your order your first order with promo code dave silver on the show today unless mike has other plans at the beginning uh we will talk about our rockets who this podcast has always been about take a one nothing lead over the lakers um the sixers are mentioned as a team who will be very interested in chris paul which i'm sure will end great um, we've got one of the most, uh, wow relationship advice questions I think ever, um, the top 50 moments, the process went wrong, AU's article and, uh, the mailbag has been outstanding. And now that we're in the off season, we can fully dive into it. Two things before we get going. First of all, a happy 40th birthday to Ricky listener, Sean Wagner. Sean is from Philly, lives in Cincinnati now, which I cannot figure I mean, I'm sure it's a wonderful place, but Philly to Cincinnati. Uh, went to Widener. Um, it, COVID has ruined any opportunity at a real 40th birthday party for Sean. So his wife, Michelle, who loves him very much, sent us a note and asked him us to wish him a very happy 40th birthday. So happy 40th birthday, Sean. Um, birthday parties are overrated anyway. Um, and also, Bark in the Park, we're up to 26 team members and $2,600 raised. Our goal is 100 team members and $10,000 raised. We have six weeks to do it. If you raise 50 bucks, you get uh, this amazing shirt that you can see right now. If you're on the YouTube, if you're uh, listening, you can just go to rightstrickysanchez.com. It's very easy. Support our wonderful charity who does wonderful work with animals. And uh, remember, when you're donating to a, uh, a charity like that, you're not just supporting the cause, but you're supporting the people who work there, um, who are doing things that are more meaningful than you and I are doing. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy whose home is clearly torn apart by the Lakers and Rockets series. That is Mike Levin. How's Alyssa? We all we all need to know. Uh, well, I, look, true to form for this podcast, um, mm-hmm. uh, the podcast that this is now ostensibly about. I am not rooting for that team. <laughs> so 
Wait, you're not rooting really for the Rockets? No, I'm rooting for the Lakers, man. Come oh, on. you are a fraud. You are. This is. This Gotta is. Do it. No, this is enormously controversial. 100% loyalty. This is what a relationship is about. We. I, I can't give relationship advice at the end of this podcast if I don't stick to the true one. Uh, well, look, I love Daryl. Friend well, of the pod. Well, you promised, though. You promised. I love Cov. Um. Just tough. Just like and look, honestly, I can't identify with the Rockets. There's too much shooting. Um, they play hard. This is They're disgraceful. On the cutting edge of something. The Lakers are clunky. They're weird. There's not any shooting at all. This feels more feels more at home for me. Wow, this is disgraceful. The the <laughs> this is really after weeks of promising that the winner of the OKC Rocket series would be the focus of this podcast. You turn heel not That's only. Right. To go go against the Rockets, but the fucking Lakers of all of all teams. Wow, you got to do, man. Wow, that is disgraceful. So this podcast will then be about then the war between my Rockets and, and your Lakers, I guess, moving forward. I did earlier in the season place a bet on the Rockets to win the championship. So I will say I've oh. uh, well, I've done a good job of hedging in yeah. either direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, the by. um, uh, what were the odds? Do you remember? I think you've said this before. Was it seven? Yeah, I think I got them at like eighteen or something like that. Oh, really? Something like that. Yeah, wow. I bet the Rockets, the Nuggets, and the Warriors before the season started because they had the best. So they were all in like the twelve to twenty range. I think okay. I got them at. Um, now that you're, you feel like you've turned a corner. I feel like it's okay to read this Apple podcast review because I've been waiting to read this, but it, it felt, it felt like it was hitting home too much, but now I wanted to read it. We're, we're at, uh, what, what's the number? 2,735 star ratings. Leave us one on Apple podcast and a review. The subject line is really dark stuff. Some of the boldest writing I've ever encountered in a podcast. It started as a low ambition, but moderately engaging sports pod then grew into a quaint little variety show like Merv Griffin for hipsters. Lately, though, it's taken a really dark and sophisticated turn by flipping the cameras and showing us a descent into severe mental illness. It's just gut-wrenching to listen to it, even harder to watch the video. The camera is unblinking and showing this descent into total madness. And I'm not talking about some sentimental Dustin Hoffman Rain Man stuff, but something truly disturbing and real a young man losing his mind in a dark, empty room while we're all complicit. No <laughs> one's even trying to help him. <laughs> this podcast is not for the weak-hearted, but trust me, you'll get a sense of suffering that's out there and how hard it is for some people to go on. <laughs> uh, you know, you guys catch me right after a game. <laughs> I don't want to make light of anything. Uh, I'm not in any, any immediate or long-term danger. Well, long term, probably. Yeah, that's actually true. Well, um, but uh, look, this, the camera, I never wanted the camera. I've always been both way anti-camera. I knew this would happen. Yeah, I knew it would happen. I need to be allowed I, I can, to podcast without any clothes on, yep. on the ground or wherever I needed to be to process my feelings. A total truth. You were you were never for the camera. That was definitely my effort. Uh, before we, we get going, because I did want to talk about the Rockets-Lakers game and, and relate it back to the Sixers, actually. But uh, before we get going, a couple of reminders, uh, some housekeeping. Number one, Scott O'Neill, uh, who oversaw the Jerry Colangelo fiasco, fiasco Burnergate, and team collaboration is still the CEO of the 76ers after overseeing all of those things. God, um, gotta miss, gotta miss uh, 
mask agnostic Adam Aaron. Yes. Former yes. CEO. It just, you know, he, all he wanted to do is like have some cool player intros, maybe set some things on fire. Like walk through the, the fucking by the, dressed like a, a Radio Shack employee, but like walk through the 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 venue, shaking hands with regular people. Yeah, that's all. And you know, yeah. have have the big the the banner drop of the um of the Delaware eighty sevener's name to like no or muted applause. <laughs> it was really yeah. one of my favorite videos ever. Um, we didn't know how good we had it. Little did little did he know he would be uh, accidentally roasted years later by a city council person um, <laughs> with the name eighty seveners. Just had had no idea that that would yeah. happen. Uh, another reminder: um, since the uh, year end press conference in which uh, neither of the owners, Josh Harrison or David Blitzer, appeared after the disgrace of a season, there has been no meaningful change in the front office. And um, just another reminder that those very same owners who are worth billions and billions of dollars are still looking to ruin Penn's Landing waterfront with a new sports arena that will be empty three quarters of the year that they want the public to pay for. So just some just some quick reminders as we yeah. get going. And Scott well, O'Neill has, has uh, still not responded to my challenge to play him one-on-one. One-on-one. With a neutral For CEO, rep. for the job. You for the job? Oh, for wow. The job. Uh, what's the rest? <laughs> was it like loser leaves town match? Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Those are just uh, our normal reminders. Also, sign up for the newsletter at writesrickysanchez.com slash newsletter. Uh, so I watching the Rockets and Lakers last night, aside from the fact that everyone on the Rockets uh, can shoot or dribble, and, shoot and dribble. And I, I saw Harden talking about it, a clip, a 25-second clip from the presser yesterday, just about him talking about why everybody talks about they're small, that he said, like, if you compete and you are tough, then like the specific size doesn't mean anything, which definitely made me think of our tall but not tough Sixers um, when you look at the Rockets. It was just amazing to me watching, thinking about the Sixers personnel, if they competed the same way on defense that those Rocket players compete. It just... They that team works really fucking hard on defense. I, all absolutely, time. I've been saying that. Well, so they weren't. They've had historically have not been a good defensive team. But since they got down to the bubble, like you watch them and they they take it personally. Yes. Like even even a guy like Austin Rivers, who I'm again not a fan of uh, or haven't been historically. Like you just watch him really give a shit on defense, and because they switch on everything, every single there's like limited communication that has to be done. Um, to get anything happen. It's just like, okay, we're switching and we're not going to give anybody an easy look because there's always going to be someone in their face and it's just like really taking it taking it seriously. Like I even think about, it's a separate thing, but I, I want to, I'm happy to you know pull a muscle reaching for this. Um, in the Boston-Toronto game three, mm-hmm. um, on the final play where OG Ananobi, who I've always loved, um, hit a corner three with 0.5 seconds left, uh, Boston was in this like kind of weird like uh, zone. sideline zone. Yeah. Yeah. And so they were like, all, it was all about communicating. You look at Marcus Smart and, uh, and I guess it was Tice at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're like looking at each other, pointing Jalen Brown was communicating with them. Jason Tatum just kind of vaguely gestured to the right when OG switched to the other side, he was supposed to communicate to Jalen who was currently occupied with Pascal that, OG had switched to his side, but he kind of just like pointed generally in like a cool guy way 
and so Jalen never heard and never saw because he was he was bodying with uh, with Pascal, and that's how he was open. So like, if they had switched on everything, not not to say that out of out of bounds plays are the way to do it, but I just really wanted to bring up that Jason Tatum uh, fuck up. Uh, then it just makes things easier on, on the defense if if they're willing to play one on one and take things personally. You know. Yes. The uh, uh, communication and and work is really what defense is. Communication and effort, like those are the 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 two things. And you watch the Rockets and like like even watching when Harden is defending, like Anthony Davis is funny. Like people think that Anthony Davis is going to have some like sort of monster series. Every time he's in the post against a, almost any Rockets player, specifically Tucker or Harden, like. I'm watching it. There was one time when Tucker forced him into a, a fadeaway jumper that it didn't even look like he settled for. It, yeah. it looked like he forced him into it. Mm-hmm. I, none of them are pushovers there. It's just – it's pretty impressive to watch that team. No, they're be- uh, they're begging teams to post up on them. They're yeah. like, please do it. Yeah. Because for the most part – and MB does it the most and is the most efficient. But for the most part in the league, it's not an efficient play. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have guys that similar to – you know Toronto and, and a little bit Boston. They have guys that if you're passing out of the post, they're long enough and quick enough to anticipate where that ball's going and to sort of force turnovers that way. I when I was watching, uh, I've never been really a big AD fan. I, I've always thought he's pretty overrated. Um, mm-hmm. I agree. But uh, I'm watching him and being like, face up, dude, face up. Yes. One quick move, make him make him foul you. Yes, um, because because you you ha- you do have that's where you can use that height advantage. Yeah. Not with your back to them, exactly. but like if you take one dribble and and raise up, like or, or two dribbles toward the basket and raise up, they're they're gonna have to foul you. They mm-hmm. have to foul you, or you're gonna get a shot that they can't defend. Yeah, and it's just like and you start when you're starting from like twelve feet away or whatever, you face up. It's one hard dribble and you're there. One pivot to get mm-hmm. to your spot and you're that's one you know jab step whatever. It's uh, it's weird. I think the, I was expecting that the Lakers watching this series would have to because I watched them all year. Obviously, I was like, I don't see what Javale and Dwight bring to this series. Um, I feel like the right. Lakers can get their offensive rebounding advantage just by LeBron and AD. AD. Like mm-hmm. the, those two guys are the biggest guys on the court anyway. So it's not like they need a third bigger guy on the court at all times. Um, and then you see what happens when Dwight or JaVale has to defend on the perimeter. It's like you just they're totally, you know, neutered as to what their skills are. But statistically I was wrong. The the they played better when when one of those guys was on the court and A D was was at four. So I it's an interesting thing. Like who's gonna blink first in a kind of way of like, you know, obviously it's one game, so you don't wanna overreact to it, but who's gonna blink first as far as all right, the Lakers play this way. And the Rockets play this way. The Rockets will not blink. They will go down doing this thing. Yes, and this so, exact thing. They have before, and they will again. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so and it's kind of weird in a, in a in a similar like buttonholes way. Like they're going to go down doing the thing that they do. Um, the Rockets right now are not going down, so it makes them look smarter and, and better. Um, buttonholes are down three zero. Different situation. Yeah, we'll um, get to that. In a yeah, so it's interesting. I I I I'd be interested to see more of. Like, does JaVale and Dwight just – is their shot-blocking presence enough to, like, prevent those easy, hardened layups at the rim? They hit a couple, like, floaters, which is weird. They don't usually do that. Um, like, Jeff Green hit a couple floaters, Eric Gordon. Um, 
And so it's interesting. I was like, maybe that'll regress, but um, it's interesting because I I really did think that they'd they'd have to not play them, but they were better when they were on the court. So I don't know. Yeah, I the the AD center thing sort of reminds me of the Ben point guard thing. Is that the, I, I just in a series like this, I just and look, the, the truth is is that the Lakers don't really have the wing players to like a, enough wing players to really accomplish that thing. Like where you're, where you're doing like when you're playing Rondo and uh, what's his fuck? Um, Caruso. Caruso and the uh, Kuzma. What's that? Kuzma. Not, not Kuzma, but the, the, the guard, um, the, the $20 million for one year clutch guard. KCP. Yes. When you're playing those guys, it's like, uh, you know, or Dan, it's they're they're okay, but they're not they're not great. But I just think like AD at center and and LeBron at like de facto four, like is how I would play this series. Um, but I wonder if, and I'm just saying this on this podcast so that if it happens, I can be I can take a little victory lap. So Harden on had a really tough time with Lou Gens Dort last last uh, mm-hmm. round in OKC, and Dort is an absolute monster. He kind of combines like. Zaire's stature, bowling ball style with just like a, you know, Pat Beverly frenetic mm-hmm. energy to him. He was undrafted. The Sixers opted not to uh, draft him. By the way, he's like, PJ, he's like PJ Tucker who can't shoot yet. You know, on, yeah, on I mean, he was, he's not yeah. that bad of a shooter. I would actually like if I if I had to. He did more in college, like right. he can do some scoring and getting to the rim and stuff. In a way, like he's not in a way that Matisse in college was kind of just like staying on the perimeter, swing the ball, shoot when it comes to him type of thing. Lugansdorf was like kind of the guy there, and so he has a little bit, as was PJ Tucker back in Texas. Um, but so I, I believe in the ability to like be more than total deer in headlights for him. The shot needs to come, and it's just it it comes inconsistently. But the thing I'm wondering for the Lakers is like if you're going to put a guy on Harden. They have a guy that is a rookie that is very unproven, that actually played with Shayok at Iowa State, named Talon Horton Tucker. And he's really weird. He's got a similar weird vibe to Dort. But he's long and he's pretty physical, although he lost some weight um, because he was kind of fat coming out of college. He transformed his body. And I wonder if they just say, like, just to throw different looks at Harden, let's see if Talon Horton Tucker can, like, take a shot at him. I, I don't think that would happen in game two because that's a real, like, kind That's of panic a, move yes um but uh i wonder if it happened just because he's super long and can move his feet well It'd be interesting uh a couple of things and and i, I don't want to do the uh the like the harden because that that's not interesting but i want to throw a couple of rockets players at you and I, I will tell you the player and if they added them to the sixers roster how much better their chance at a championship would be percentage wise Make sense? Sure. Uh, Eric Gordon. Well, that's one of the targets for a Horford trade, possibly. But I, I don't. I don't know that uh, they're they're going to want him. Um, but, but I just would say, if you added him to the roster, let's say, you yeah, just no, added I know. Um, yeah. I think thirty percent, forty percent. Wow, wow, that's a big number. Um, yeah. Austin Rivers. Five hmm. percent. Hmm. I'd split the difference on the two. Like I'd I'd go like ten for Rivers and like sixteen for Gordon or something. I think Rivers uh, would the locker room would implode. Really? I 
maybe he's maybe he's calmed down, but like not a not a well liked guy for sure. Yeah, used to not be. I, I I wonder how much of that has stuck around, but I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, PJ Tucker. I love PJ. Um, yeah. If you just added him. Yes. I. Let's say 15, you take 15%, off Kyle O'Quinn. God forbid. Fifteen percent. Like I think he's great. I, it's just not the kind of not the thing that like they need. You know, would help absolutely, but they're not they're not lacking. If Ben's healthy, Matisse, Josh. And be like, he doesn't give you much offensively aside from like corner threes, which is nice. But mm-hmm. I don't—he's—he's he's not exactly what they need. But I—he I would, would fucking hate this team. I—I I think he would like transform it. You know? Oh, you think that? Well, it's one of the two. He would either just die to get out of here. Um, like it—it—it it, it feels like Josh Richardson is like, get me the fuck out of here. Maybe. <laughs> um, Covington. Oh come on. Um. 75%. Uh, I have two more after this. Yeah, like, like, uh, all right, yeah, uh, 35%. Daniel House. Love Dan House. Texas A&M. Um, 20%. And Jeff Green. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, before we get to the Bucks, and I, uh, I do want to talk about the Bucks. first I want to talk about uh, By Nature – Pet Food, our, uh, the official pet food sponsor of the Ricky, making your, your pet basically healthier and happier. We got a great email uh, for Greg at Colony Meadery, whose dog, who was the star of the Zoomathon, if you remember, uh, Disraeli, which is a really cool name. Uh, Disraeli's had all sorts of health issues, and Greg figured he would give by nature a try, and it has really worked for Disraeli. So Disraeli, now part of the Good Boy Club. Uh, we have the gallery up at rightsrickysanchez.com. You get your pet, boy or girl, good boy club, good girl club, dog or cat. Send us the picture with the By Nature pet food. We'll put them up in the gallery. Um, the, but the, what is the difference with By Nature? Well, it, it's better for your pet because they make it with better ingredients and they cook it in a better way. And uh, quite simply, they cook it slower, which means that more of the nutrient value is is um, is kept in the food. And uh, and your your dog or cat who metabolizes food very quickly gets to get more of the nutrients. How is that not better, right? And then they use better ingredients like uh, premium proteins and apple cider vinegar and spinach and blueberries and ginger and coconut oil and all this stuff is really good for your dog or cat's immune system and skin and coat and heart and hip and joint health. Uh, all validated, by the way, by a, a real study at Kansas State that all of this is is good. And on top of all of this, this company that has been making, uh, it's owned by a company called Bright Pet uh, Nutrition that has been making by nature, has not had a, uh, a recall in 40 years of business, which is very, very rare for pet food. Go to Chewy.com, search by nature, use promo code uh, RTRS20. It will give you 20% off your first order of By Nature Pet Foods. Uh, Rebel eats it, Alabama eats it, and your pet, Disraeli now eats it, and your pet should eat it too. And make sure you send us a picture. Um, you can just send it to us at rightstreakysanchez at gmail.com so we can put them up in the gallery. So again, go to uh, chewy.com, use promo code RTRS20 for 20% off your first order. By Nature Pet Foods. So the bucks go down 3 0. Hmm. Last night. And um, it is funny to me to see another, and I like 
we all know I've I've not been a Coach Bud enthusiast over the years. I've been a Coach Bud detractor, a joyless hump um, who is a regular season coach. But it is funny to to look at another team blaming something on the coach specifically that is about something bigger than the coach uh, because it's happened here for so many years. And there's so many people like, well, why is Giannis only playing 35 minutes and why is Middleton only playing 36 minutes? And for me, like I've watched a good portion of this series, like almost every single minute. I don't know how you watch the series and are like, oh, the problem here is that Giannis didn't play 39 minutes. Like I, right? Like is, isn't their problem that they don't have, very similar to the Sixers problem, that there's no elite player on the perimeter who can create offense in the playoffs and the Heat do. Like that, that it seems like a really simple difference between the two teams to me is that one has created a system that works in the regular season, but when the defense is changed in the in the postseason, it doesn't work, and and one team doesn't have that problem. Like that, it seems like that is the the issue to me. Yeah, I mean that's kind of why I've always been for the past two years like not scared of Milwaukee mm-hmm. because you look at them and you're like, if you can guard Giannis, the other guys don't scare you. Like they kind of never have. And the Sixers and also Miami and Bam have guys that can hang with Giannis. Like he's going to get his. Like he always did. Even in the 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 game that they won against the, the Sixers beat them. I think Giannis mm-hmm. had like in the something in the 40s. Yeah. Um, he had like 46 won. or something. Yeah. yeah. But but they but they won because it was like you just like okay, if that's the focal point of your offense, there's just limited things he can do. Um, last night he was, or two nights ago, he was what? Oh, of six for oh of seven from three. Mm-hmm. Um, and Miami's just begging him to take those shots. I do think he is. And he, he has not shot in. well from the line either. Right. Um, I, I think do he's think like he's 50%. a little injured. Um, like he seemed like he keeps rolling his ankle or something. Um, but yeah, Milwaukee doesn't have those guys. They don't, and they don't have many good shooters. Like if you're playing Kyle Korver that much in the playoffs at this point, he's 36. Like mm-hmm. well, you're in trouble. Um, and so they have, while they have guys that can hit shots, they don't have guys that like demand, like command gravity, you know? Like Dante DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, Marvin Williams, like Chris Middleton's great, obviously, but he's not really flying around stuff. He's, he kind of has a little bit of, a little bit of Tobias to him in that he's not ripping things off quick, you know? Even, yeah. even in like the mid range, he still likes to, you know, take his time, see things through and all that stuff. I don't never, think he can dunk. I don't think he can dunk. Sure, that's the that's the uh, that's always the threshold for you. I, I, the like, I've never been a Brogdon guy. Yeah. Like it's it, this is I mean this is an embarrassing series from from Milwaukee and I and take it from someone who knows embarrassing. Wait, you, you series. mean you don't mean Brogdon? You mean uh, sorry, uh, Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Yeah. I have been a Bledsoe. I have I was a Brogdon guy. I still am. Yeah. Um, and they let him go because they don't want to pay the luxury tax. And I think they just gave Bledsoe money first. I remember when the deal came out, it was like. It's a pretty this, good deal, though. This feels like, like a good deal, but if he doesn't, yeah. but if they're not good, then like enjoy your good deal, like losing in the second or third round. Like you need to. It it, it didn't seem like it just seemed immediately like you're paying the wrong guy. Um, I I and, totally and agreed, but let me let me throw in this because I I totally agree. I wanted Brogdon here, and I think Brogdon makes them better, but. Still, and Brogdon, who's a really good player, a good pick and roll player, a good spot up shooter, all those things. Malcolm Brogdon also can't be your like 
all through the playoffs perimeter creator i, I just yeah i think he can I, be your third guy though i think he can right. be your th- third guy to, I, to Giannis and chris i agree but i look at this team and i look at the sixers and i think to myself even if you have good guys proper guys around them i look at all the other teams in the league that i see as like championship threats and i i say to myself like do they have a perimeter guy who can shoot and create for himself and for other people when when things get difficult and really that's been the problem with the rockets is that their guy harden has has not excelled in the like later games and playoff rounds uh, yeah. you know who has i i just like that seems to be the issue with both of both teams is that how are you getting like a really fucking good not just good not just like brogdon good not just Middleton good, but like a really like Jimmy fucking Butler good. good. <laughs> it sucks. But dude. even him, it, su- it sucks. But, it really sucks. It well, sucks. But even even him, like I don't trust him in a like I don't trust him to be the guy that does that. Uh, he would be like the very bottom of a guy who could be that guy and win a championship. Like it would it would be a stretch to me. Yeah, I mean the the Miami's yeah. just a really good team and I I, I yeah. was down on them most of the year and then when they came into the bubble it was just like holy shit they they added some juice. Like mm-hmm. Iguodala and Crowder makes them better. I think making Bam your starting center, it was always very bizarre that Myers Leonard was playing playing as much as he was and so now Bam being the center and like everyone can shoot around Bam and Jimmy. Hero's um, good and and Dun- Dragic is a- hitting everything yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, Duncan Robinson is the best shooter I've ever seen. Like there are, they just like f- they're obviously very well coached, um, and they just have a lot of shooters and passers and guys who commit to it. And I hate the Heat culture stuff; it's bullshit. But they uh. they believe in themselves yeah. and believe in each other, and they're like the idea of just. They're just swarming everywhere, like everywhere on both ends. Like I've never seen an offense like swarm like that. And then when things tighten up, Jimmy is good at doing what Jimmy does, which is playing at his pace and just religiously getting fouled. Like he, his his ability to get fouled the past couple seasons has been insane. It's it's re, he's really really good. And when he there's something about him that when it happened in Philly also didn't really like to shoot off the catch. Didn't shoot well from three. Did not shoot well from three at all this year. Shot like 28% on like two attempts. Like really bad stuff. But for whatever reason, and I'm not this guy, but like in the guts of the game, he's hitting well, shots. He's hitting threes. Like he's but, pulling up and 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 make, and make when they need a bucket, like he's getting it for him. And I think but, that he's – it's just a really I'm good sorry. situation. They look, they look borderline unbeatable right now. It's crazy. Well, but to that point, he also like – he had a few big misses in the last two minutes of the game, and that's totally. not to slag Jimmy, no, totally. but it, it, at all. To, but to say like there is some, um, there is some realism. Like we, we talk sometimes about like Ben or Giannis, like being a, willing to take this shot and what it does to the defense or whatever. Like even if Jimmy is just below sub average on all of those things, like his ability to do them at all does put pressure on the yeah. defense because he can do the other things. And I think that is the, the one thing that is, that is there. Totally. The thing with Giannis is that he just like, he's obviously very, very good and he will do things like sometimes he'll just put his head down and he's, he's too long and physical mm-hmm. and tough to stop that you can't, but he's also like, he's not that good of a dribbler. 
Like no, the fact that he's six eleven and like really long and and not naturally like that, he's just not good. And so when and he's like he's like a good passer. He's made himself into a good passer. He gets like a ton of assists because because all he has to do is kick it out a lot. But like that is, it, it, he's just not the guy you want with the ball in his hands no. late in the game. And we've we've struggled with that with Embiid to some extent. We struggled with Simmons of like when you have a guy who's not a ball handler handling the ball. Mm-hmm. In times when defenses are collapsing and really digging down for steals, and maybe the refs are letting him be a little bit more physical, um, he's dribbling into into traffic, spinning into traffic, doing the same thing Embiid does, and it's like you don't want that guy with the ball in his hands. Um, and Jimmy, and Jimmy, you do. Like I was thinking about it, and this is going to get dark. This is going to get dark. Um, I should turn the lights off. Um, but like, you know, we've talked about it with Jimmy here. And how it went, how it ended, of like, well, they okay, so him and Brett didn't like each other. Him and Ben didn't like each other, right? Um, or didn't like playing with each other. I don't, I don't know if they didn't like each other. Wh- um, whatever, yeah. And uh, and Brett finally hands Jimmy the keys to run pick and roll in the playoffs, and it goes pretty well. Okay, um, it was okay, yeah. Pretty, I say pretty well for not having run it the whole season, like not having been practicing all of a sudden it's like yeah. you're doing something that you haven't done anymore i mean it was better than anything else they had like yeah. when you when you watch that final toronto game like it was okay yeah um i i think you know it's interesting like he suffered a little bit from i almost wish if they they could have done this it, just by not trading for faults but if they had acquired jimmy without giving up cove and Sar- and dario yeah. like that's the the team totally you know? but i also think yeah. honestly like they basically decided, and we talked about it, and and I think we agree with it at the time. They decided Ben over Jimmy, and I don't think mm-hmm. they even really gave it that much thought. Would no. be my guess. They were just like Ben is younger. He's our guy. Um, he's we, more invested here. Blah blah blah. I don't think Brett really fractured it. I think they just basically decided Ben over mm-hmm. Jimmy, Jimmy, and they never really like took a long, like um, sort of clear-eyed, non-biased view of it. And by the way, we talked about with Zach, and Zach said like he he would have had trouble making the the G- Zach Lowe. I mean, when he was on the pod, we talked about that exact thing, and he's like, well, you know, Ben Simmons at the time is twenty three, and Jimmy is going on thirty, and he's like, you know, it would have been hard to make the Jimmy over Ben decision. Yeah, but I think ultimately that w- would have been the right decision. It's Ooh. it's tough to, it's tough to say um, because I Ben is a two way stud, I think, and has a, a lot of room to grow, obviously. Um, and he's so young. But you look at Embiid, Embiid and Jimmy love each other. They love playing with each other. Building a championship team around Jimmy and Embiid and whatever you get for Ben, say at the time yeah. it was like, yeah. I don't know, Jamal Murray or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, that's a really that's a really good team. And even Tobias, if you're even you, you could even overpay Tobias still and and just have him be like a good, like good locker room vocal guy between those guys. And then you hold on to JJ and it's like Whoever you get from, from Ben, uh, JJ, Jimmy, Tobias, Embiid, like that's really good. And I think that ultimately makes a lot more sense than a, than a Ben and Embiid lineup would. I, I still believe in like certainly trying way more than the Sixers have to make a Ben and Embiid lineup work for a long time. Um, but they were looking at the risks, if they were looking at it at all, of Jimmy's imploded every place he's ever been. Mm-hmm. 30. 
he's you know? a, certainly a little older. He didn't look yeah. excellent in the regular season. How much of flipping the switch in the playoff was real? Um, there's just kind of a bad taste. He's kind of demonstrative. It's just not going to work here. Um, but the risks of how long Ben and Embiid can, you know, if they were winning, if they were really winning, then the fact that they're not a perfect fit wouldn't matter that much. Um, but but when you lose, and, and everyone's talking about it with Giannis right now, like if they were winning, it wouldn't matter that he was playing 36 minutes in the playoffs and that, no. they, didn't, that they signed Bledsoe instead of Brogdon or whatever, whatever it is. Um, but when you're losing, those things are way more in the spotlight. And while I still very much believe in a Ben and Embiid pairing working, if the front office does anything good to help that, um, it certainly would have made way more sense. And there's risks there that now in hindsight, obviously in hindsight, um, make it seem like the, the better option would have been selling relatively high on Ben, obviously mm-hmm. young, young, super, young two way superstars don't come away, come along very often ready for trade, see what they could have gotten with him. And then, and built a Jimmy Embiid as two. Here's your guy that can handle the ball at the end of the game. They both play defense when it counts. Surround him with shooters, like you love to say, um, and it just it just seems to make make more sense. And that bums me out to say, like I'm I'm not pumped about that, but I think it's a it, it is a it's certainly the more simple path to having a contending level team. Whereas right now, especially after the Horford contract and the Tobias contract and and Josh Richardson not working out, um, you look at it, you're like, man, there's we gotta we gotta get lucky in the draft like late in the draft or uh i hope somebody you know takes on our 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 flotsam yeah i mean like it would have been a really hard decision to make at the time a really ballsy decision to make at the time however what i will say is that if you say that if the reason for all these moves the butler move the tobias move are like well and bead's window is only so long that's that's the then then really go for it rather than half go for it. And I've said it before, what they did was instead of getting stars, they got role players and paid them like stars instead of like actually. um, And that might have been the move. I I do think that like hindsight does make that a lot clearer. And the fact that Ben improved in ways that are fine, but Donning did not improve in ways that specifically make that pairing with him and Embiid more tenable right uh definitely adds to it so um yeah i mean they just need you know they need him to be a real factor in the half court that's pretty obvious and he he sometimes isn't and um like even draymond is not like not an excellent shooter he's like sort of tailed off he seems to be in his head about shooting but like because he can screen and pass for two and then sometimes three of the best shooters of our generation um or ever it makes that a lot easier and he can just be sort of like the the axis through which everything revolves but ben is just sort of making dump off passes to Embiid or dribble handoffs with whoever they get to put in there it's just would would the six just be better if they had lou dort instead of ben simmons no shut up all right. Before we get to uh, just an amazing Brian Colangelo relationship advice question, uh, our sponsor, Touchstone Electric Fireplaces. Um, 
Touchstone is located right there in Exton, PA. You can look at the electric fireplaces at zerodeadbirds.com, zerodeadbirds.com. An electric fireplace is a um, environmentally friendly, uh, easier, uh, like like less smelly and less dead bird version of a real fireplace. That's right. And it is not expensive. Talk the sideline series. You're talking about an electric fireplace wherever you want it in your bedroom, in your den, in your family room, whatever, under the TV. Uh, I don't know in the fucking kitchen. Anywhere from 28 inches to 100 inches, and you're talking about a 50 inch one for 499 dollars. Um, That's nice. There's some great. Great pictures at zerodeadbirds.com. And then limited maintenance after the fact. You got to imagine. You, you fucking plug it in. You, look, a real fireplace, you're, you have to get wood. This is 2020. Like why? When you're buying wood to put it in your house to burn it? What the fuck are we talking about? Come on. Uh, they've even seen the 36-inch one in bathrooms. You can uh, plug it into a regular outlet. It can be hardwired. Over 900 reviews of the Sideline series on Amazon, 4.6 out of 5 is the average rating. Um, is that better or worse well, than ours? Yes. Uh, it's actually better, actually. We're, um, we're under 4.6? I, I mean, it doesn't give you an average on Apple. So, oh, no. I don't think it does. I think it only gives you half or, or full star. So, I think we're probably right around there. It's similar, similarly rated. Um they the have flame, haters, just like we do? Yes, I'm sure Touchstone, Touchstone is like, um, these guys actually hate fireplaces. Yeah. I don't know why anybody listens to them. That's right. Uh, yeah. Uh, look, um, you can use it with or without the heat. The, the, the Touchstone electric fireplace is different, like big flame, little flame, uh, all that kind of stuff. Log display, make it look like a regular fireplace. Crystal display, make it look like you live in the future. Go to zerodeadbirds.com, zerodeadbirds.com. It's a local company. It is a real company. It's not like some advertiser you see on Facebook where you order a product and then they have to go make it for you. These things are made. They're in, in the warehouse and they will um, be delivered to you in two or three days. Any questions, go to zerodeadbirds.com, the phone number. There's online chat. There's email, all that stuff. And use promo code TTP to save 15% on your order. Uh, we love Frank and everyone over at Touchstone. Touchstone Electric Fireplaces. Before we get to relationship advice, who, who would who is your prediction to make it to the next round and then into the finals? Uh, like of all the four of all four series? Yeah. So I have the Clippers, I have the Clippers in the finals and winning the championship, and I still do. Um, so I have Clippers over uh over nuggets i have um rockets over lakers i'm homer what do you want me to do sure and then i have clippers over rockets um on the, in the eastern conference at this point i have to have miami um and then i have boston and then i have boston over miami and Oof. the clippers i'm sorry and then you know what i went back and listened to from 2018 my the Sixers are fucked in relationship to the Celtics thing. Sure, it's it's a little painful listening to it at this point, to be honest with you. And then I have Clippers over Celtics. What do you have? Clippers Celtics would be for my household the worst possible yeah. thing. You need that. You need someone. You need like an outbreak to stop it. Almost. I will. We would start the outbreak. 
<laughs> There's nothing. Alyssa hates the Clippers, and we both obviously hate the Celtics. And yeah. while I absolutely love, really like guys from both teams, and I wish I didn't, um, yeah, that would be tough. That would be really, really mm-hmm. tough. I would abs- if it's if it's Miami Boston, which would be torture. Um, I'm absolutely rooting for Miami. I just want to make that clear, and I think everybody should because at least I would if it's Miami, Jimmy, you can use that as a fuck you to Sixers front office. Which is I fine. agree. Oh, you can use either one. You could also use the the team that traded with them twice. That's right. And yeah. but I still would rather not. That's that's too much. That's, yeah, I that's get it. Too that's much. fair. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping for anybody but the Clippers in the West and I will probably be rooting for them, uh, to make, to win. Uh, I'd be fine with the Raptors. I'd be fine with the Raptors. It'd be fun. I I don't, I don't think they quite have it. I think they could come back to beat Boston, but I don't think that they quite have it enough to get all the way, but I guess it's just going to be matchup dependent and there's, there's this is, it's a really weird scenario. So it could be anything, but the Clippers do look really, really good. Um, especially in that first game against Denver. Um, Dude, Kawhi is so fucking good. Yeah. The fact that he's become this good a an isolation offensive player is, I, I, I don't even know, even when he won finals MVP, to watch that guy and this guy, they almost don't even seem like the same player who is on the same trajectory. Like I, I, I just don't know how this happened. Yeah, he also looked healthy him. in a way that, like his, you know, last year his feel like yep. his his knee was like dragging him a little bit. Um, he looks really healthy. And Paul George last last game, I'm not I'm not a huge Paul George guy. Um, I think he's I think I put him and Anthony Davis in the same kind of bucket, Playoff like team. second tier type guys. Yeah. Um, but he was really impressing me on the defensive end. If he if he's going to turn in if like the Clippers have made Paul George into like kind of a dog, then I think that's everybody's in trouble. Yeah, I don't think he's a dog, but I, I I do think that they have enough. They have the best player, you know, like they yeah. they have the the best player. This is why in the East, like obviously, the Lakers are Lakers. They missed. They needed shooting all year, and they just kind of didn't didn't get it. And so they're just like a collection of like LeBron and AD, and then Kuzma's interesting when he's playing well. I've always loved Danny, but he's inconsistent in a Covington type of way. Um, and then a bunch of like friends of them. Not sort of compelling players in the long term, or even in in like tough situations. And the, and the Clippers are very good. But you look at the East, and I'm like, if the Sixers had just, you know, they they got an F, right? Like they last mm-hmm. off season they got an absolute F, and then over the course of the season they got an absolute F compared to expectations. If they had just gotten a C minus, mm-hmm. if they had just been like, they, they'd ah, be we, in the conversation. Yeah, we we overpaid Brogdon, we overpaid Boyan Bogdanovich. We over we like traded a couple picks to get Buddy healed, whatever it is. Like a bunch of things that were just like, ah, eh, they kind of again got whatever. But for them to just do everything wrong, absolutely everything. And I would include, and I'm not even this guy. I would include like signing Trey Burke to the to the veterans minimum, and then watching him go be like very useful in Dallas, and the Sixers be unable to do stuff. Like it's obviously already a problem that you're asking Trey Burke to like do that kind of stuff for you. He wasn't asked to do like what Jimmy's doing in Dallas. You know, he's just kind of being like, or just be a shooter, be like kind of Steph, be kind of Seth Curry, like be fine. Or including fucking signing Seth, Seth Curry last year, had they done that. Like there was a ton of things that they could have done and they just decided 
to do none of them, to to build the worst possible team around the six around Ben and Joel. And had they just done like a and that's what we thought, right? When they signed Colangelo, I was like, he's league average. Like he's not a good GM. No one thinks he's a good GM, even though somehow he won two uh, executive of the year awards. But if you just get like, if you just be fine, if you just don't fuck up and for a couple years, he didn't fuck up and then they did and they fucked up repeatedly. And then this summer they fucked up the most. And if they just had honestly like turned their phones off all summer long, they would have been, they would have been better. Uh, that's, well, that's what we got to do. We got to uh, make their phones in operation. Take their phones. Yeah. Uh, Brian Colangelo re- relationship advice. This is true off-season stuff. We haven't done this in a while. Is uh, brought to you by Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first first order by using promo code DaySilver at KineticSkateboarding.com. Do they have uh, little baby Nike SB Dunks right now? I'm showing them on the, the YouTube if you can see them. Um, they always send me these stickers when I order shit too. Mm-hmm. Um just one of a kind stuff at Kinetic. Awesome stuff at Kinetic. Uh, you don't even have to skateboard. I certainly don't. Um, they have these wild this raffle for these wild Nike SB Dunks that like change when there's heat on them. Anyway, KineticSkateboarding.com. Brian Colangelo relationship advice. Send us. We won't use your name if you don't want it used. Uh, Writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Hey guys, going to send you a long story, so hang in there. Please keep me anonymous because I don't want people to know I know to hear this story. So backstory, I currently have a four-year-old daughter with my fiance. We are both former addicts who have been clean for a long time. We found out she was pregnant about three months into our relationship, but it wasn't a thing to us as we were planning on getting married before then anyway. We fell in love hard and instantly. We basically dumped all of our baggage on each other so we both knew what we were getting into and we didn't want to have secrets. Or so I thought. Cut to last week. By the way, uh, these these screenshots of these text messages were sent to me. So what? they appear, uh, I'm, I'm just saying in advance, I've seen screenshots of these text messages. Oh my God. Yeah. Cut to last week where my daughter had my fiance's phone while she was asleep. She got into her, not texts, okay. She got into her Facebook messages. I went to help her get away, but got curious and peeked through a strange conversation. I had, I had never seen anything, I've never seen or heard anything about. I came across this attached exchange. It was about my girlfriend sending an old man naked pictures and telling him they could quote, meet up on Sunday, the year of the conversation for $250. I completely freaked out inside my own head. It made me upset. I went through so many emotions at once. I felt bad for her if it actually happened. I was upset she never shared something like this with me, and it was a big deal to both of us. We specifically discussed if anything like this ever happened, and she gave me a very hard no. I started wondering if it ever happened before. I confronted her about it, telling her the full story and my feelings about it. She said, so what if it happened? It was before I met you, followed by a denial that it ever happened. She reacted in such a strange way that I'm not sure if I believe her. My question to you is, should I even be worried about this? Should I let it die and not question it? How do I move past this and get it out of my head? Thanks, guys. Let me know any and all opinions, please. Whew. 
I, it, I know this is a lot. So this is hard because I'm, I'm not an addict and I don't have a history like this and neither does my wife as far as I know. From my perspective, from my like away perspective, I would say, well, if you knew you were both addicts and there was a possibility of shit like this happening in the past, whether she shared it with you or not, you sort of have to have in your head that it could have happened and she wasn't going to go through every single solitary fucked up thing she did when she was an addict. And like, if you're willing to put that in the past, you have to be willing to put that in the past. But then there's the reality of actually seeing it, which is very tough. I think for me, at the end of it, like, if, if it is in the past and, and you're willing to acknowledge that it could have happened at one point, I, I think like whether she was honest with you about it or not is actually not the issue. I think the, the actual issue is you now having to look it in the eye. And uh, if this is any fucking lesson, it's don't look at anybody's phone but your own. I, I think you just have to let it go. Uh, and, and I don't think the fact that she lied about something that happened then is indicative of her lying about anything now to me. Uh, but that's, that's what's in my head. I want to stress that this is above our pay grade. Mm-hmm. My Way advice is generally uh, I root for the Lakers. Um, <laughs> so this stuff, I, I would imagine that if you confronted her about it while you were, while this guy was, you know, upset, which I get, um, mm-hmm. that her first emotion or reaction was probably like shame, mm-hmm. you know? And um, fear especially, that she would lose you. Yeah, especially if it happened at like a tough time in her life, which it, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it did. Um, but ultimately, like, you know, if you guys have told each other a lot of your shit, then you both have things that you've done that you regret. And if it's if it's good now and if it's like you feel good about the place you are going forward, um, it seems like you kind of just got to let it go. It seems like it's like, you know, sometimes it's very different, but sometimes you're like, all right, I think I'm still right in this argument, but I don't really want to argue anymore. And it doesn't really matter to me that much. So I'll just apologize and move on. Like at a certain point, you got to just, just decide that it's, that doesn't matter that much. And if she's lying to you or, or she has more things that she's ashamed of, I bet so do you. Like, I, bet, I mean, so do I. Like, everybody's done, yeah. done some version of, like, things that they regret. Um, and even the, the, even when they say, like, I'm telling you everything, like, they're probably not. There's everyone no, how could they? holds, they, Why holds would back they? some stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's tough. And, you know, there's a lot of the, like, saw their phone type of thing that we, that people run into. Um, I, I, I tend to think like, you know, that's, that, that's like the, the gateway to the problem. That's the pro I, to me, it's like, if you, if you're hiding shit on your phone, then like, there's already something wrong, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Digging back through the past and getting mad about that's, I guess a, diff- a different thing, but, um, yeah, I mean, you just try to be open and honest about it as much as you can. And if, Trust that if it's if they're if you get the feeling that they're still not being quite honest with you, as long as it's something from the past and not like a current thing, just I guess kind of let them have the space to, uh, you know, be 
you know, if they if they feel shame of it, then you like maybe they'll come come clean about it later. But right now they just feel like embarrassed and because that was a dark time in their life or whatever it was. I don't know. But they they didn't even know you. You know, like I, I, I guess what I would say to your point is to the emailer, did you tell her everything? Like literally everything, you know, I like and uh, if if she had to, I, this is if you trusted her before you saw this and if she had told you this when you guys were spilling everything and you would have been fine with it, then it's not worth losing sleep over. I don't think, you know, I think it's just seeing a face and seeing a like seeing the, the actual thing is is tough sometimes. Um, before we get to the mailbag, I'm going to give you a choice of one of two things. One, a Chris Paul trade that somebody sent us. And I'm looking the at the idea it. It's of Chris. It's insane. What's that? The trade is insane. The trade? Yeah, there's no way the Thunder do this trade. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But l- let me ask you this. Well, or that or, or to go over, because I want to get some mailbag questions, a couple of the the 50 moments the uh, of the process that AU wrote, a couple that I didn't even, hadn't thought about in a while to talk about those. Do you want to talk about Chris Paul or that stuff? This Chris Paul trade is nonsense. I, I think the... F- forget about this trade. Right. Think about the idea of Chris Paul in the Sixers. No, I mean, I, very- I, I, it appeals to me. It absolutely appeals to me. Um, I, I have always had concern. I think I was texting with Sixers Adam about this. I always have concern that when the Sixers trade for somebody who's getting old, and it's like he hasn't he hasn't dropped off yet, like He's that's the off. year it's going to happen. Um, yeah, and maybe it's there's something about a change of scenery and getting into a new thing that like makes you feel older. I don't know. Maybe we'll see it with Brady and Tampa Bay. Um, but it just it just seems like acquiring someone late in their career and expecting them to continue on that path. As we've seen from a lot of guys, usually they're big guys, right? Mm-hmm. Chris Weber, Elton Brand, Al Horford. Like, usually it now. just doesn't happen. Um, and so I, I'd, cons- I'd be concerned about that. But I think that there's limited time to make, there's limited options to make something work. If for some reason the Thunder really wanted to rebuild, I could. S- and like tank basically, and just give hand the keys over to to uh, to Shea and and Baisley and and just build around that with all their picks. I think they could probably still get a better offer than the one we can give them, but um, I would absolutely I, I, entertain it because I think our options are limited. So I agree with you. If we trade for Chris Paul, it'll be the year that he falls off, and we will have two more years of like fucking forty million dollar Chris Paul. Yeah. The other thing is that if I were the Bucks and I, I need to do a Hail Mary to try to keep Giannis, I would offer Middleton and a pick and something. And that's better than Tobias or anything that, that we're offering. Um, and I, th- I think he would actually work better in Milwaukee than he would in Philadelphia. Um, the real question here is Chris Paul is a ball fucking dominant, pound the rock, bring it up, set the offense guy this Ben thing has to be settled. Like you have to be sure that this guy is willing to come off the ball, not just partially, but almost completely. Like Chris Rock is a real actual. Chris Rock. 
Chris Rock, Chris Paul. I, I keep saying The Rock. Chris Paul is a real, actual, legitimate, real point guard who is going to want to bring the ball up and get the team into their offense. Now, they split duties with him and James Harden, but that's splitting duties with James Harden, maybe one of the three best offensive players who ever played in the NBA. And also Chris Paul hated it. Yes, and he hated it. He ain't doing it the same way with, no. that Jimmy Butler didn't want to do it. He ain't doing that with Ben Simmons. I, I really don't think we're getting Chris Paul. I think it's yeah. – it, maybe if the season in Oklahoma City like tailed off, then it could have been. But I think I think either someone will offer a better package or OKC will be like, we like what we got. We can't tank. Um, it is what it is. Take it this way. We already had Chris Paul. He got us the number 21 pick. I love him forever. What a beautiful man. He was already a sixer. He was already a sixer. Before we get to the mailbag, uh, a final uh, note from our uh, our last sponsor of the day, but uh, it is his birthday. A happy birthday to one L.L. Pavorsky. Big day. Happy birthday. Lee Pavorsky, only 42 years young, uh, has been running L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers since he is was 12. September 5th. Of, as a birthday is I gotta be honest a pretty shitty birthday it's terrible it's nobody's paying attention to anything it's right around Labor Day it's, it's like Labor Day when everybody's back when he was out. starting like back when he was a schoolboy. I'm sure there was like hey it's the first week of school oh it's this kid's birthday who the fuck is that that's terrible LL change yep. your birthday you changed your name legally to ladies <laughs> love so why not change your birthday as well to a better day some, somehow, I I, uh, I imagine the LL school like schoolboy video being like black and white and sped up like Babe Ruth video or whatever, <laughs> and having like like uh, like uh, the, the music behind it. Isn't he like, like thirteen, the, like fourteen years older than you? Yes, <laughs> like the music they use in League of Their Own. <laughs> anyway, we're up to one hundred ninety-two. <laughs> well, I'm old too. 192 writes Ricky Sanchez listeners have purchased engagement rings from LL Pavorsky Jewelers. A dear man, happy birthday, LL. Um, a, a, a person very close to the pod uh, recently purchased an engagement ring, uh, not engagement ring, a uh, an anniversary gift from LL. And then uh, Turtle, who I work with at 94WIP, got his wedding bands uh, for he and his fiance from LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Everybody's super happy. Um, the person who purchased a anniversary present also got in the mail a autographed Mike Scott poster from LL. So this this is what you're dealing with. Just the best, the best fucking dude in the world. Um, make an appointment to go in or, uh, or shoot him a note so you can do an online consultation. 215-627-2252 or lee at llpavorsky.com or on Twitter at um, LL Pavorsky, also a sponsor of the Wrights Ricky Sanchez Bark in the Park uh, team for Providence Animal Center and also a supporter of Coded by Kids. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. It claims he's rooting for the Rockets, but look at him. Have you ever seen a more Showtime Lakers guy in your life? <laughs> this is very true. Uh, this comes from Garrett. Um, hi, Spike and Mike. Nothing basketball related except for hashtag clean house. My non-basketball question is, now that Stateside is sponsoring Zoe, what would your official Ricky vodka drink be? Mine is Tom Collars with three ounces of Stateside vodka, one ice cube, one lemon zest shaped like a shirt collar wrapped around the rim of a rocks glass. The official drink of nepotism. <laughs> um, 
Uh, do you have a, a, a favorite vodka um, vodka selection or no? Yeah, I'm a I'm a martini guy. Alyssa. Alyssa oh, has, really? Alyssa has oh, turned me that's... into a martini guy over the past few years for sure. I, every time I try a martini, I'm like, eh, I'd rather just have just vodka mm. than a martini. I'm not a big martini love a martini, guy. a couple olives, cold. It's got to be like really cold mm-hmm. to make it mm-hmm. to make it feel the best. Um, yeah, like a martini at a steakhouse. Honestly, one of the things I miss the most about yeah, uh, being in, in quarantine is just like getting is getting a really nice, like professionally made martini. Um, mine has been a favorite. I've always been a vodka water or vodka soda with a lime guy. Uh, Eddie at Stateside told me he calls vodka water with lime uh, agua de fiesta, and that's what it is for me. So uh, Stateside water, uh, a big old rock and lime. I, and then I, I, I would like to hear if uh, if Tommy from down the shore and Tony, Tony uh, to Tony, like uh, vodka and pretzel water. Yeah, so vodka and pretzel water sounds amazing. I think we're we're getting close to due for an appearance from those two. Sure, actually, We've got a long off season ahead of us. An yep. unknown amount of time. Yep. Of off season. Uh, Gar- Garrett's basketball question, Spike. Ever since you revealed your weight loss strategy of eating the same exact thing every day, I have not stopped to, th- to th- thinking about your pumpkin oatmeal breakfast. Is the, is the is it the inside guts of the pumpkin sprinkled in pumpkin seeds, the rind, pumpkin pie filling? Do you buy a fresh pumpkin every week? I'm constantly perplexed. Thanks for your great charity work as always. That's a good so basketball my, question. Yeah, very good basketball question. So I don't eat this anymore, but it used to be oatmeal, banana, sugar-free syrup, and pumpkin and some cinnamon. Uh, oh, and peanut butter, uh, natural peanut butter. The pumpkin came from, it was canned pumpkin, canned natural pumpkin. So the the sort of stuff you'd use for pumpkin pie filling, I would microwave it, mix it up, and then put it in the oven for like 10 minutes so it would crisp up up top. So there you go. From Brian, hi, Spike and Mike, longtime listener, fourth or fifth time emailer. I don't know how to phrase this as a question, so really just my two cents. The front office's collaborative structure problem is a red herring. By repeatedly treating it as the boogeyman, it has opened the door for ownership to pretend they've shaken up the front office without firing a single person, effectively saying we've fired the collaborative structure. That was the real problem. What do you think? I mean, if if no one is fired, yep. then we need to fire ourselves. Yes. I agree I, with you. It's, it's a shocking... Look, I get things taking time. We, we waited for... Uh... Mm-hmm. We we waited not that patiently for things to run its course after Burnergate, mm-hmm. and it ended. We, it happened, but I think in the in the glow of waiting for of of Brian getting fired and them not being a total national embarrassment anymore, I think we allowed things allowed things to stay the same and didn't question enough the idea of we like what we have here because they shouldn't have <laughs> they straight up should yeah. not have liked what they had, and now they're. Even after this, they still have not gotten rid of it. So I'm hope I'm hopeful that some heads roll. Um, but I want to. I need to see it. I need to see it for sure. And I really, I also would really prefer it to be Scott. I'd prefer it to be every everybody in the organization except for Elton. I, I'd be fine with it. Yeah, uh, Scott, Alex, Ned, gotta go. Got to go. Um, but without Scott, I don't think Elton will ever truly have control. And let me say this. Uh, like Elton as a guy, think he's smart, think there's a possibility that he will be good at it. 
it is still sort of, not sort of, it is still sort of, not sort of, it is still absurd that their default was like, well, let this guy who doesn't, who didn't know what he was doing That's right. be over everything. That's but right. I've accepted that as a reality. Elton is not going anywhere. So it's got to be everybody. Else. Do you think they are waiting to see if Houston gets eliminated and Daryl gets fired? Daryl won't get fired, but I think it is possible that Daryl, I think Daryl Morey has wanted to leave there for a couple of years. And I think obviously that weird China thing that happened, like has probably exacerbated that. I think that is possible. I also think, and why do you think he's one? Whisper- I don't agree with that. Actually. I don't, I don't maybe the, the, the China thing made it weird, but like, I mean, he has, uh, he has, he has a superstar in James Harden. He has autonomy to like, he doesn't have make, autonomy. The, make the offense the way he wants it to be. And like, and build it out that way. It seems like a, as, as good of a kind of situation aside from recently and the ownership being, you know, a total jackass. I, I don't know. I, I had heard some things and then also I think it's actually possible if they were to really fucking go balls to the wall and offer the guy like an ownership stake, like at least like a, a small ownership stake, three sure. to 5% and give him, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else along with Maury. Um, the other person is Masai Ujiri is like gettable. And if they were to really fucking say, here's 3% of the team, you're also in charge of all of HBSC. And like, I think Masai Ujiri is gettable too. But why? This will cost them a lot of money because it, there have been whispers about him like wanting to get out of Toronto to a, a, a more legitimate market with more um, with more power for a while now. Like I, But I think it will take like a godfather offer. And are they willing – now they're paying Brett Brown $10 million to do nothing. Are they willing to give up part of the team for something like that? And the answer is no. They're clearly not. It's just – um, and Brian's second question or comment, people are being way too generous to Elton. I don't blame him for accepting the job he was offered, obviously, uh, but he was, is terrible at it. Why are people peppering their criticism with things like he could be an asset to a front office with better support system? Yes, yeah, possible, but we have zero evidence of that. When we fleeced Vlade, we didn't say, well, he might grow into the role someday. <laughs> we said, wow, he sucks. So, Yeah. <laughs> That Look, even when the, we even when we trash the team, like I, I do want to believe it's gonna work. You know, like I want to yeah. believe in good. There's no evidence that there's limited evidence that Ben will ever shoot a jump shot consistently. But I hope it happens. I don't see any real reason why I couldn't, and I don't see any real reason why Elton couldn't like get better at his job with more experience and better people around him. I know that often it doesn't happen. I know that often things don't work. I know that there's egos at play and everything, and it's sometimes hard to evaluate talent. Sometimes you miss. Um, but, man, I, I, hope it, I hope it works. Yeah. Well, on some level, we have to keep ourselves a little bit sane, yeah. I guess. I was um, – I, I did see uh, – last year was running back. Yeah. That feels like so long ago. Hundred years ago, someone someone found an old tweet of mine that said basically like, run it. It's not an inspiring the masses take, but run it back because I don't trust the Sixers run office to not fuck this up. 
uh, is, you know, watching over me like an Alonzo morning gift or something. Um, and it's like, yeah, that was last year. And here we are. Fuck. Yeah. Bad scene. Um, a couple more. I think uh, you've made your point clear on this from Nick. Basketball question. If it does end up being Celtics heat in the Eastern Conference Finals, who the fuck do you root for to lose? Um, I like players on the Celtics. I don't really like any players on the heat. So oh, I like, I I like probably an equal amount of players on both teams. Okay. But I would, I would cheer for the Celtics. Absolutely. You would cheer for the Heat. You would cheer for the Celtics? I, yeah. Oh. I think it shoves I think it shoves it in the face of the Sixers just as much as the Heat does. No, because they already know that they got totally fooled. You know? Mm, I I think our our like, man, I'll tell you. You go back and you listen to those podcasts no. after we lost. No. I don't want to do it. <laughs> Declined. Uh Non-basketball question. I feel like we've all had such unique experiences with it. Many bad, but some really good. What has been your favorite memory during quarantine? I will, I will sorry to finish the last one. I will say that there's the argument to, if you're rooting for the Celtics, the argument is if Jimmy wins, Embiid might be, it might just end. It might be over. It might just be like where he doesn't show up to camp next year. So like that out of just sheer protest and out of, you know, being right. So like if you want, there's an argument to be made that while, while I think if Boston beats, like goes to the finals, then the Sixers can be like, see, like they're just a historically great team and we just ran up against mm-hmm. them and we could have been closer, but you know, it is what it is. If Ben was healthy, maybe it's different, which I don't want because they just, it's their fault. Um, but I, I, I would be able to convince myself if Boston won that it's like, all right, at least Embiid doesn't have to like, you know, flee the city or mm-hmm. he doesn't, he just never comes back. What was, the, what was the question? Oh, my best quarantine memory. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Alyssa's made some good pies. That's been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like kind of lost my mind when OG hit that shot. That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> The Phils are have won ten of eleven. That's been awesome. It's incredible. They might actually be good. Um, I love Alec Bone, man. He's great. Wide, little wide-eyed, corn-fed idiot. What a what a beautiful boy. Real uh, baseball player. Totally. Real baseball player. Um, other memories. I've read a couple books. It sucked. It's it sucked. This sucks. This is awful. Why are we doing this? It's like just a failure of government on every single level, and then just like an indictment on on the country and the people in it like this, this absolutely sucks. It is insane that we're still here and looking around the world that other people, the other places are like resuming some level of normal life or have been for a long time. And we're just like, no, it's everywhere. And people are dying all the time. Thousand people dying a day. It's awful. It's, it's awful and embarrassment. And like, like I'm not a, I'm not a libertarian. Like that's pretty clear. But like the idea of like, even if you are the idea of government is like, all right, well, be there, be small government for like the bad stuff, and you guys just handle that. And they fucking fuck this up so bad, all well, over. And it's just we don't a, have a libertarian government. No, I know, but that, yeah. but the libertarians align more with Republicans generally. Um, yeah, and it's just of. and it's just like this is insane, like so so bad, so bad. Liber- it's awful. What Liber- an awful time to be alive. Libertarians are the meeting point it between the extremist 
extremist uh, Republicans and Democrats, actually. Like they they sort of align with like Republicans, but not really, not certainly not anymore. Um, well, the government's bad at everything. Like they're, they're not they're they're not good at anything. Like nothing that involves any of our money. Like they seem to be bad at everything. But who's good? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Well, you know what, what it is, is like big big business is good. I don't. No, 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 no. no. Nobody's I, don't, good. I don't want to get into that. But like, I, I, I think, I think people are good. Like, I, I, we have a, um, a, a really like sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like we're not anything. Like, like people, people are like people that hate capitalism. Like, we're not like regular capitalists. So we're not like we don't we don't like conform to the rules of any one of those socialist or capitalist like it's a little bit of everything and everybody's bad at everything and the worst part of it to me in my opinion is that the people politicians in charge are only focused on keeping their own jobs and keeping everyone divided and i actually truly believe that everybody like most people like I, re- I refuse to believe, regardless of what your political ideology is, that half the country is fucking bad. Like I, I just don't believe it at all. And I believe that most people are good. Most people want their family to be happy. One, most people want their 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 family to be healthy. Most people want a secure home with a like food and all of these things. And like I believe that politicians have led people to a place where they think that the other half of the country does not believe that they should have that. And I think it's like toxic. I, 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 don't, I don't know what the answer is. I, I really don't. My best memory of quarantine is like, I fucking, we take more walks with my wife and my dog and I'm glad that we do. Um, I, I just think like, like everything is so toxic and we have such a, a, a lack of empathy and realistic view of what people that don't agree with us feel like that we're that everybody's fucked up. I don't believe anybody wants While that stuff's happening, like there's an eviction crisis that's happening and there's a healthcare crisis that's happening and there's a, and there's a, you know, people are, well, there was another thing I was going to say. I lost it. Uh, It's just, it's just really like in, in LA right now, homelessness and it's like another heat wave. And so I'm donating and people are donating to like folks that are helping them just like get cold water because like they've been kind of abandoned. And it's just, it just, it just sucks in so many ways. And I think, I think I agree that people are good. I think there's this, there's this perception. I forget. Alyssa was telling me about it. Uh, there's this perception where like in bad times, the, uh, like apocalyptic type times, it's going to descend into Mad Max. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. really people are just like want to help each other and on a a human level. Um, but there is like, you know, the political system is out for their own self-interest. I think mm-hmm. it's very clear that one political system is better than the other, um, if not very frustrating at times. And I would ask everyone to be registered to vote uh, and early vote and help if, become a poll worker if you can. Um, it's, a, it's a scary time, man. It's a really scary time and, and a lot of people are hurting. And so I just I send out, if, especially if you guys are like getting caught up in, in the eviction crap, I, I really send a lot of love to, to you guys to, you know, and Pick and even the I I agree and but even the eviction thing is complicated right because like okay people don't get evicted that's that's I agree I don't want them to be get get evicted because of this either but the people that own those buildings also owe mortgages 
And not everybody who owns a fucking apartment building is super rich or owns a, you know, three row houses that they rent out. Then, then well, they should be sub, then subsidize them and let the people well, keep living. Right, there. right. But, but then where, like, it's, I don't want to, I, I don't want to do it can, forever. This, the answer, the, the answer cannot be, well, let's kick people out, let them go on the street. Like that, that's I what agree. the answer cannot I, be. And that's what it has been for too long. I, I agree that that's not what it can be, but I like, it takes, it, it will take a more like, um, a less combative, more meeting of the minds type of, um, like our, 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 our two, our parties are so busy trying to like sneak in other wins rather than like having actual conversations about how we can fix these things that like we just, we end up in this place where nobody gets anything. That it's just not, it's just not a, it's not a, it's while it is both sides, it's not equally both sides. It's just I, I not. don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. But wanna, it's straight up it, not like there's, it's but really I don't, tough. But I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there are two sides. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that there are two sides. Like I, I don't, I don't believe that that's a real thing. I, I, I believe it is a construct of media and politicians. I we, had, we had Helen Jim, Jim on earlier this week and she was great and she was very full-throated and clear-eyed about what needs to be done in a bunch of ways. And I could have asked her like a billion questions um, mm -hmm. because she's really interesting and, and she has a lot, a lot of really strong opinions. And it's like that cut through the bullshit that so many people have and, and have been fed and stuff. And so I just wish that that was more prevalent in our country because I, uh, you know, I, I agree. She should, I thought she was great. She's awesome. I thought she was great in that way. Yeah. But I think if, if we're to like, let's, let's like make a, a, a basketball metaphor, right? Like everybody wants a championship team with a great player. Everybody does. Like every fan of every team, every team wants this. The real question is how do you get from point A to point B? How do you get from not having it to having it? And just like there are so many different ways and so many dis different decisions to make along the way. I think like our, our lives and our country has all of those different decisions. And I think when we whittle it down to like me bad, you good, um, or me good, you bad or whatever it is, I think like we're, we're simplifying it in a way that like, we, we haven't even been able to simplify it about basketball. Like, I don't know how you could simplify it about the country. I would agree full, full, a hundred percent what you said about the answer cannot be just let them starve. And I would agree a hundred percent that I thought Helen, um, that we need more politicians that are more concerned with the fucking end result of helping people and less concerned with everything in between, you know, and working to get at that. And I think we need more people like that. I agree with you a hundred percent. I thought she was like, I thought she was great. I think she's, I, you, like you look in her eyes when you're talking to her and I think she has like, she wants to help people. She wants people to be happy, wants people to be safe, wants people to be well-fed. And I think having people like that is important, you know? Um, well, we should end. Like we, we have a couple of questions about tuna hoagies. And um, I, I do wanna give a special thanks to, and we'll get to him eventually, Ryan and who's the other guy? Um, Michael. One, um, both, both Ricky listeners who wanted to identify in their emails that one is 49 and one has been, uh, has grew up in the seventies with Doug Collins and hasn't, neither guy has missed a pod since the beginning. Wow. I think it's funny to think that we have like, like podcast listeners older than even me. seems insane to me, you know, impossible. Wild. So, well, thank you to those guys. 
Yeah. Um, well, I mean, here we are, a podcast that is that is split in the most dangerous way, Lakers versus Rockets. Um, it could be the end of everything we ever do. Um, I guess I wish you luck, but I hope that your Lakers household ends up disappointed in the end. That's fine. As I have always been a Rockets supporter. I just I just want somebody to get fired. Start, start firing some people. That's the I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for the Philadelphia 70 firings. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a shirt. Actually, the 70 firings or the 80 firings. Um, we will talk to you uh, later this week. Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know, lick face. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me. Then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! That's a plan B.